0: Good designers know how design works. Composers know how music works. The best storytellers know how stories work. The effect that stories have on us is no accident. Good storytellers don't just tell stories. They know how to structure stories so that they connect with our emotions. Welcome back to episode two of The Narrative Mind. I'm your host and the creator of The Narrative Mind, Andrew Robinson. We're halfway through this podcast and we're going to start to turn a corner. We've created a foundation. Now we're going to stand up a structure. We're moving from the theoretical to the highly practical. The Narrative Mind is now featured on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, which means whether you're on an Apple or an Android device, you can listen to it wherever you go. And if you're finding this podcast helpful, you now have three options for where you can leave a glowing review. I really appreciate it. You know that experience when you meet someone who hasn't seen the television series that you think might be the greatest media achievement of all time? And how you make them promise to go home and watch the show that very night. You've been staying up way too late binge watching it, and you figure they should too. Whether it's a series, a movie, or your favorite book, the stories that move you share common qualities. Understanding these qualities and how good writers put them together helps you improve your storytelling ability. My narrative thinking framework highlights the most important elements in any good story. There's a lot more detail we could add, but this is sufficient for the applications we'll talk about soon. So if you haven't already, pull up or print my narrative thinking framework from my website afrobinson.com. Since most of us are familiar with Star Wars, I'll use that as an example to illustrate these building blocks. So what do we learn in the opening crawl for Star Wars? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We learn when and where the story takes place. That's the setting. No matter what follows, we know that it took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Then we meet the hero. Now, I am far from being a Star Wars expert, but many would argue that Luke Skywalker is the hero of Star Wars. We learn that there's a struggle going on. Luke, Leia, Hans, and Chewie battle against the forces led by their arch-villain, who we all know, Darth Vader. Let's think about this for a second. Darth Vader's role is at least as important as the hero, Luke Skywalker. Without him as a villain, we have no struggle, and we have no emotional connection to the story. Remove Vader and all you have is a bland plot about a group of people shuffling around a galaxy far, far away. Rising action increases the tension in Star Wars as it builds towards its crisis. The whole narrative pivots on Luke leading the charge against the Death Star, At this point, the story can go one of two ways. That's the whole point of a crisis. Following the destruction of the Death Star, we enter the story's declining action. They celebrate their victory, and this transitions into the movie's resolution. Leia awards Luke, Hans, and Chewie for their acts of bravery. This framework ensures that we include all of the elements that connects with our audience's emotions. Apart from the framework, we tend to skip to the crisis, we soften the struggle, and we forget the setting. Without these elements, our stories fall flat. They fail to resonate with our audience's emotions. But if you take the time to structure your stories around these elements, your stories have the kind of rise and fall that connects with your audience's emotions. You take them on a journey. And like the participants in the study we discussed in episode 3, They'll enter your story as if it's happening to them. What could be more powerful? Here are four tips that will enhance your stories. I go into more detail in my video series and provide illustrations, but this is going to get you started. First, tell what you know. Mark Twain's admonition, write what you know, has merit because we all have a genuine emotional connection to the things that actually happen to us. When we translate this into an experience and into a story, the emotions translate to our audience. There's an emotional contagion that infects others in the same way that a secondhand story can't replicate. My second tip for when you're telling stories is to include dialogue. A single line of good dialogue in a story can tell you more about a person than 10 lines of description. My third suggestion is to write for rhythm. A clear voice and cadence helps your audience join your story. The best way to listen for rhythm is to read your story aloud. Your ear will detect the rhythm and will pick up on when you depart from that rhythm. Which leads me to my last tip, rehearse. Writing your story is just the first part. Now you need to own it. That comes by telling your story over and over again, aloud, until all of the pieces fit together. I often record myself telling a story or giving a presentation, and then I listen to it while I'm in the car or taking a walk. It allows my brain to pick up on what's working and what's not working. Okay, let's put this into practice. I'm going to give you four things to do. First, pick a personal story. Maybe it's one you've told before, or maybe it isn't. If you can't think of one, think of some place you've traveled recently. Did something memorable happen? Tell that story. Don't overthink it. For this exercise, any story will do. Second, complete the narrative thinking framework for that story. Use it to structure your story from beginning to end. Think through where it took place, the setting. Who's the hero of the story? What's the crisis? And what leads up to the crisis? And how does it resolve? Use and reuse the narrative thinking framework to structure all of your stories. You'll find that with time, it becomes second nature. When you develop a narrative mind, you start seeing everything through the lens of a story. Third, Write out the story from beginning to end. Use your completed framework as a guide. Help us experience the emotions that come through every stage of the story, from its setting to its resolution. Take us into the struggle and the triumph that comes with the declining action. And last, like I said before, rehearse your story until you own it. You'll notice that with practice, your story evolves from a script to a flowing narrative that engages your audience. I realize these are straightforward steps that anyone who's taken a storytelling course is probably familiar with, but I emphasize them here so that we're all on the same page as we go into these final two episodes. We're about to take this podcast to a whole new level. If you only listened to this episode in the series, you'd go away with a framework that would immediately improve your storytelling abilities. You now have tools that tighten and sharpen your stories so that they reach and resonate with your audiences. But you haven't only listened to this episode. You now know about resonance and what needs to happen for it to take place. And you know how stories create resonance. They transport your audience to another place. They get you. You get them. They get that you get them. That's resonance. And in the final two episodes, we're going to make a transition. Remember your interaction inventory? Now that you have an understanding of the narrative framework and resonance, we're going to use it to completely transform how you approach each of these interactions. You'll not only be able to tell better stories, you'll be able to craft everything you do, create, and say into a narrative. In episode 5, I'm going to explain how you can use the narrative thinking framework to address and overcome the single greatest obstacle between you and you becoming a better storyteller.